Hello, everybody. Good morning, afternoon, evening, middle of the night, depending on where you are. So we're very, very lucky today to have Steve Hickman uh, speaking. And um, even better, Steve is going to be with us next week as well. So we've got him for two sessions in a row, which is really wonderful. So um, just a little bit about Steve Hickman. I suspect quite a lot of you know him already. His, his reputation is, is uh, spreading far and wide, but he is a, a clinical psychologist by training. Um, but he is also the, the executive director of the not-for-profit Centre for Mindful Self-Compassion. Um, and he's a certified mindful self-compassion teacher and trainer and also a retired associate clinical professor at the University of California in San Diego School of Medicine. And he's also the founding director of the UC San Diego Center for Mindfulness. So he's, he's very well known within the mindfulness world. Um, he's trained uh, over a thousand mindfulness, uh, mindful self-compassion teachers around the world. Um, and continues to do so, but we've just been talking together and, and obviously like many of us, he's moved online and therefore his reach is, is even greater, which is really wonderful. He's also based in the beautiful Newport, Oregon. Um, he's told us that the image behind him is actually a photograph of his view from where he lives. So have a look at that, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and um, if you want to know any more about uh, Steve or you'd like to hear some of his amazing talks and listen to his guided practices, then we'll put his website information into the chat. Um, but with no further ado, I'm just going to hand straight over to Steve and hope you enjoy this evening's session. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. And thank you for everyone who's arrived here with us in this virtual space. Maybe we can, uh, before we uh, jump ahead, maybe we could just jump into the present moment just a bit together and uh, to land softly together here. So I would just invite everyone, wherever you happen to be, whatever posture of the body and place on the planet, and to just drop inside to allow your attention perhaps to peel off of this ever-present screen in front of you and into this person that is what you call you. And to notice what it's like to be here with, in your own presence. Maybe noticing sensation in the body, the supporting surfaces holding you up, the touch of clothing, any other sensations that are present? Maybe including the sensation of breathing happening. Just allowing the breath to come and go as it does. And perhaps as you tune in to this body sitting here breathing, maybe just warming up the inner conversation just a bit to maybe express a, a thought or a wish of welcome to your own self for arriving here in this moment. 
just as you might welcome a dear friend. Ah, here you are. So good to see you. Here, sit down. Maybe noticing a little smile on your lips, perhaps, of welcome, recognition. And it might even be that you would like to offer yourself some sign of your own kindness and warmth, which might be in the form of a hand over the heart or in some other place on the body that for you at this moment feels supportive, encouraging, kind, sympathetic, compassionate. Just feeling the warmth and gentle pressure of your own touch your own hand, to your own self. And as you're ready, letting go of this soft landing practice, opening your eyes, if they, bringing attention back to this virtual space where we all gathered together. There are times when technology is wonderful and uh, allows us to bring so many beautiful people together from so many far corners of the earth. And then there are moments I'm just feeling this uh, wish to be sitting in the same room with all of you spread out around to feel your presence in a, in a different way. But we will make do with this presence. The, as I was saying in our little meeting before we started, there's uh, even with the separation of technology uh, the possibilities are so beautiful that we can all be together while being apart. And uh, the one of the magical things about that is that each of you presumably is in a place where you feel comfortable, familiar, safe, relaxed, perhaps a bit more open than if you had been dropped into a room full of strangers, uh, somewhere far away, whatever it might be. So just working with that edge today. Um, what I would like to do today is primarily to focus upon a practice that you are probably somewhat familiar with the form of it and to kind of maybe add a new dimension. And the practice is, uh, is loving kindness practice. But in this case, we're going to focus specifically on Loving kindness when it's directed towards ourselves. You know, I'm sure, I'm guessing most of you have encountered loving kindness or metta practice, um, and you have the, the sense of the shape of it that we direct these loving kindness wishes towards, a, you know, a beloved being, ourselves, neutral people, difficult people, all beings, and various combinations of all of those different folks. Uh, and it has a, it's a very powerful, beautiful practice in and of itself. 
But because my particular interest these days running the Center for Mindful Self-Compassion is on self-compassion, we're going to explore together um, the opportunity that exists when we decide to cultivate this loving connected presence towards ourselves, to, to actually incline our loving kindness only to this one here. And uh, you know what I've been told over the years is that especially in the West, uh, loving kindness practice has kind of evolved into starting with someone who's easy, someone who we really love and admire, some, some beloved being uh, first, and then bringing it to ourselves because we in the West sometimes have a hard time bringing warmth to ourselves, which is uh, fundamentally uh, job security for me as a teacher of self-compassion. Uh, we, a lot of us struggle with being kind to ourselves. Um, and so often we do start with that, warm it up with the other person, and then we are able to maybe slip ourselves into the mix. Um, and you have probably discovered some version of this, but today we're going to let that spotlight rest solely on ourselves. And to explore what's really beautiful when we do that is that we no longer have to have phrases that are generic, so to speak, that apply to you know, our loved ones, neutral people, people we have difficulty with, all beings everywhere, etc. We have to come up with some pretty wide open wishes if we're going to cover all of those bases. But when we turn it inwards and for a time choose to cultivate loving kindness for ourselves, we can address this fundamental question of self-compassion as, as to what do I need? What do I need? And then there is this opportunity to craft our own phrases, perhaps not to say that you couldn't continue to use phrases that you may have already used. Perhaps you have many years, probably many years more than me, a practice of loving kindness and phrases that work for you. But there is this opportunity when it's only for you to customize the phrases for yourself. And so I'm going to, in a few moments, I'm going to take you through an exercise that leads right into a meditation called loving kindness for ourselves that helps you explore the possibility of finding loving kindness phrases that are just right for you that answer the question, what do I need? So just a couple of thoughts about that and then we'll, we'll jump right into practice. And my apologies for filling this time with a lot of talking, but I promise we're gonna get to practice shortly. Um, you know, when we get to craft our own loving kindness phrases, you know, those phrases are not, the ones we use, are not chiseled on stone tablets anywhere. They weren't handed down from a mountainside. They have a rich history, but they are also quite varied. And so we can actually find our own phrases. And it can be a bit like writing poetry. You know, we can, we can try it on and see how it works and tweak and adjust it if we need to. Um, something, some way of expressing something that may be beyond words. And it gives us a kind of object of attention, a place to sort of steady our attention. These phrases can, can steady us, can ground us at times. So they can be useful outside of just this formal meditation. As I said, you don't have to switch to any other phrases, but it might be worth experimenting if you already have some good ones, just seeing if you can find phrases that are basically simple, clear, authentic, kind. 
we like to say that the phrases should not provoke any argument in the mind. That when you offer them to yourself, you are inclined to say something like, oh, oh, thank you, thank you. You can receive them. These good phrases really just allow our heart and mind to rest. It's helpful to remember that these are wishes, that we are focusing upon the wish and not the outcome. This is often the struggle that we have with self with uh, loving kindness phrases as we, you know, we say, well, may I be healthy? And then we get hung up on the fact that perhaps we aren't healthy in this moment. So the point of this practice is not to make ourselves healthy, but to connect with that deep wish to be healthy, right? This is why we struggle and suffer when we are sick, because we have a wish to be healthy. And all we're saying is let's give light and water and sunshine to this little seedling of, of wish to be healthy so that it grows. Doesn't have to begin with may I, some of us ch are challenged by that particular phrase, you know, may I be happy, may I be healthy. We can simply say happy or healthy. Or in some cases we find that it's hard for some folks to refer to themselves in, in the first person and to say, may I be happy, but they can visualize themselves and say, may you be happy. Or even there's uh, research that suggests that when we use our own name in self-talk, that it tends to land and have a greater impact. So, you know, you can use, substitute your own name, you know, may I, Sharon, be happy, may Sharon be happy, whatever works. It's good to keep them general rather than specific. Better to wish for good health than to say, may I be free from my diabetes. We're, we're honing in on the big intentions. And lastly, really, uh, just to say that tone is important. May I be happy is much better than may I be happy now, right? So the tone is important. And it really comes down to what do I need? Answering that fundamental question, getting down into the weeds and finding out what do I need? So enough of that. I'm going to lead you right into exploring and finding loving kindness phrases. If you are a note taker or someone who is helped by making notes along the way, you may want to be prepared to do that either on your screen or on a piece of paper, or you can just do this in your mind, whatever is suitable for you. So as you're ready, maybe pausing, maybe allowing your eyes to close if that feels right for you. We'll be going back and forth between eyes open and eyes closed, writing and reflecting. And if you have questions that come up, you can certainly raise them afterwards in the chat, but for now, we'll just stay in this practice. This exercise is designed to help you discover loving kindness and compassion phrases that are deeply meaningful to you. And you're welcome to continue to use phrases you may already have. So as you close your eyes, if you'd like to offer yourself some gesture, some kind uh, hand over a heart or some other place on the body, some way of just connecting with your own self and feeling your own self breathing. 
just a reminder of the way in which we intend to practice with patience and kindness, warmth, willingness, compassion. Just taking this moment to allow your heart to gently open, become receptive like a flower in the sunshine. And as you're ready, considering the question, asking yourself this question, what do I need? What do I truly need? If this deed hasn't been fulfilled for you in a given day, your day just doesn't feel complete. Seeing if you can let the answer be a universal human need, such as the need to be loved, feel whole, connected, healthy, peaceful, safe, respected, valued, free. And whenever you're ready, Maybe opening your eyes and writing down what came up for you. And whatever arose, don't feel like you have to have a lengthy list or you don't have to limit yourself either. But perhaps that word, that thing that you need could be used as a wish all by itself. Kindness. Supported. Or you may like to phrase it in the form of a wish, like may I be kind to myself. May I know that I belong. May I know my own value. May I be free from fear. May I know quiet. May I know peace. And perhaps if whatever it is that you come up with seems a little too big, maybe kindness feels a little outside of your grasp, maybe turning down the dosage just a little bit, so to speak. May I begin to be kind to myself? Finding just what's right, what fits. May I 
begin to consider the possibility that maybe at some point in the near future, I might be able to be somewhat free from fear. Giving yourself time and space, what do you need? So as you're ready, if you've made a few notes for yourself, you found a thing or two that you need, you're shifting just a little bit, maybe closing your eyes again if they've been open, considering a little bit deeper question this time. Feel free to only go as deep as you are willing. This question is, if I could, what do I need to hear from others? What words do I need to hear? Because as a person, I really need to hear words like these. For example, maybe what the words you need to hear are I love you. I'm here for you. I believe in you. You're a good person. Just opening the door of your heart and seeing what words arise. What are the words you need to hear? If I could, what words would I like to have whispered in my ear every day for the rest of my life? Words that might make me say spontaneously, oh, Oh, thank you. Every time I hear them. Seeing if you can allow yourself to be open and vulnerable to this possibility with courage. Listening. Then whenever you feel inspired to open your eyes and writing down what you heard, taking your time, maybe moving back and forth, checking in, writing, checking in. What do I need to hear?
Perhaps there are a lot of words that you need to hear. See if you can form those words into a short phrase, a message to yourself that captures the essence of those words. Taking your time. words that you write down could be used again in the loving kindness meditation just as they are or you can rewrite them as wishes for yourself actually words that we'd like to hear from others again and again are words that we easily forget in our day-to-day -day lives or point to qualities that we'd like to realize in our lives attitudes that we'd like to firmly implant in our hearts so for example, needing to hear I love you might mean that we wish to know that we are truly lovable. That's why we need to hear it over and over again. What do you want to know for sure? Seeing if you'd like to reframe those words as wishes for yourself. So, for example, I love you could become the wish, may I love myself just as I am. Or I'm here for you can become the wish, may I know that I belong. Needing to hear you're a good person can become a wish like, may I know my own goodness. What do you need and what do you need to hear? Sometimes when we identify at first what we feel we need, it's often something from another person. If that was the case for you, if you were feeling a need for respect from another person or love from another person or something else that depends upon another, uh, it can be helpful to take that a little bit further and to say to yourself, if I got everything that I wish for, everything that I need from that other person, what would I have? Would, I, would my heart be able to rest? Would I find ease and peace? Would I find 
sense of belonging, whatever it might be. If I got all of what I wish for from that other person, what is it that I would achieve? And see if you could turn that into a wish. So in other words, may I know ease could be the result of getting everything that you need from that other person. May I feel included, respected. Letting it be something that you can tend to yourself, even if you feel like it depends largely on another. So now taking a few moments and see if you can look through your notes or consider the things that have come up and see if you can settle on two to four words or phrases that you would like to practice with. Emphasis on the practice. You'll get to try these on. This is like going into the fitting room at the department store and seeing what fits. Maybe we need a little adjustment. Maybe it isn't quite right. Maybe it's just right. So, but before we get there, just choose two to four phrases or words or wishes, gifts that you would like to try giving to yourself today. Maybe even sort of committing them to memory. No pressure. You can always peek during the meditation, but see if you can kind of call them to mind so that you can really savor them and try them on for size, drop them into your own heart space. And as you feel that you have these phrases or wishes or words in mind, dropping the attention inside, allowing the eyes to close again. Maybe taking a couple of slow, deep, mindful breaths. Just to settle the mind, settle the heart, drop ourselves back into this moment just as it is. We'll be repeating these words and phrases over and over to ourselves. The important thing here is to allow this to be an easy process as easy as possible, almost like slipping into a warm bath. Nothing to accomplish, nothing to achieve, no place to go, nothing to do. Just letting the words do all the work. As you feel receptive, willing to receive these gifts from yourself, beginning to say the words or phrases. Slowly and gently, perhaps whispering them into your own ear as if into the ear of a loved one. Letting yourself savor and receive each gift. Letting it land.
returning to the phrases each time that you notice the mind has wandered or drifted. Regrounding in the words, maybe making subtle adjustments if it seems right, finding just the right fit. And continuing to give yourself this gift of your own kindness, of your own loving kindness. The gift that you can continue to give over and over. Again, remembering the tone. Seeing if you can warm up the tone if it's gotten a bit cool or distant, a bit robotic perhaps. Sometimes repeating a phrase can start to lose the love behind it. See if you can reconnect to the kind intention the wish that each of us carries to be happy and free from suffering and to let those wishes be offered in the same intention, same tone. Noticing what it's like to both give and receive this gift. How does this gift land? How do these words land for you? Can you truly receive them with heartfelt gratitude? Again, if you find the mind drifting, wandering, as we know that the mind does, just inviting it back, maybe giving ourselves a little more of that supportive or soothing touch, that touch of the hand on the body, someplace that reminds us that we are here in the room. This one too matters. Feeling your own good intention letting it ground and center you in this moment. Maybe tuning into the breath if that steadies your attention and then returning to the phrases. The gift that keeps on giving. 
again and again, like returning to the breath, returning to the words and phrases and wishes, perhaps noticing how they have evolved, unfolded. Perhaps some have gone away, others have appeared. Letting it be soft and easy. I'd just like to share with you a short poem by John O'Donohue called Belonging, some of you may be familiar with. As you remain in this meditation, just pausing for a moment to hear these words, let these words drift over you. May you listen to your longing to be free. May the frames of your belonging be generous enough for your dreams. May you arise each day with a voice of blessing whispering in your heart. May you find a harmony between your soul and your life. May the sanctuary of your soul never be haunted. May you know the eternal longing that lies at the heart of the time. May there be kindness in your gaze when you look within. May you never place walls behind the light, between the light and yourself. May you allow the wild beauty of the invisible world to gather you, mind you, and embrace you in belonging. Returning again to this practice of giving yourself these words phrases, wishes, these loving kindness wishes for yourself. This one here. And as you're ready, perhaps now releasing the phrases, allowing yourself to just rest in this experience, letting the practice be just what it was, allowing yourself to be just who you are. Also giving yourself permission to allow this to be a work in progress. 
this may be just the beginning of a journey of sorts, a kind of soulful journey of finding just the right phrases that answers the question, what do I need and what do I need to hear? Letting it unfold over time, taking some time to return to the practice, asking yourself those questions, listening for the answers, letting go of needing the answers to be hmm, eloquent or perfect or transcendent, letting them just be yours. And as you're ready, you can allow your eyes to open if they've been closed. Perhaps we'll give people at least a couple of minutes just to make notes. As I said during the practice, the phrases evolve sometimes. They grow, they morph, they drop and fall away and new ones appear. Just taking a little time to preserve this moment or these words that came up for you. So that you can continue to work with them. So this practice, loving kindness for ourselves, as I mentioned, is drawn from the Mindful Self-Compassion program that I know some of you have taken, developed by Chris Germer and Kristen Neff. So I didn't want to imply that it was mine. My brilliant colleagues came up with this and I give them full credit for this beautiful opportunity and practice. Very grateful to them and their work that has uh, inspired me to do the work I do. I would um, encourage you, as I said, to um, let this practice work on you, to take your time to be patient. Patience is a, is a virtue, as they say, and it's also particularly difficult for most of us, but letting it uh, work on you. I, uh, I appreciate this question that was posed. How long does it take for this practice to be effective and for the brain to absorb it? Uh, I wish I could give you an answer. I, I can be a smart aleck sometimes and I could tell you, you know, you have to do it 10,000 times or, you know, 30 hours of practice or whatever, but I don't think we know. You know it when it happens, <laughs> I think. Uh, there's a beautiful story some of you probably know um, I haven't seen it for a long time, so I might miss some of the details, but Sharon Salzberg, who is a great teacher of loving kindness and uh, you know, beautiful Dharma teacher in many ways, talks of a story when she was uh, gathering for a, a retreat uh, with some colleagues to practice loving kindness early on in her teaching career. And they were having a kind of a private retreat together and they were practicing loving kindness every day, every day, over and over and over. And, there was some point where she was having some doubts, like, is this working? Has anything changed for me? And uh, was having a lot of doubts about it. And then they were uh, sort of emergently called away early 
and she was madly packing up her stuff and ready to leave and accidentally knocked a glass jar on the floor and it shattered. And right, she said, right out of her mouth were these words. And she said, she said, oh, Sharon, you're such a klutz, but I love you. And she was like, ha, ah, okay. So that's how you know when it's working, I guess. Uh, can't be more specific than that. If uh, I know many of you have put comments in the chat, uh, very kind words, appreciating this. If you have any observations or questions that you might, that we might uh, raise, feel free to put those in the chat as well. Love to hear from you. This isn't uh, always an all totally warm and fuzzy experience. If you've found some challenge to this, uh, you know, the idea is that, you know, you have habits of mind that have been developed over, you know, all of your life. And so here we introduce a new practice. It's not likely it's going to make a significant life change one time through, um, but a willingness to be patient can help. And sometimes at first it's uncomfortable. It's like, you know, wearing closed toed shoes when you've been wearing sandals all summer or anything else. It's a little bit unfamiliar, uncomfortable at times. Um, practicing it regularly, uh, Andrew, is, is really the key to whatever extent you can. Um, it's, uh, I like, uh, Lars, your question, what if it's difficult to really take in the words? Maybe others of you have the same experience. Um, I mentioned it briefly during the practice, but it's worth noting that sometimes, you know, that what we wish for ourselves is, is something we've been longing for for such a long time and needed so much and weren't getting it or was even getting the opposite of it, whether it's love or respect or anything else, that when we ask for it, sometimes it feels so huge for whatever reason that it's overwhelming, that we really feel like we can't ask for to know love, for example, for whatever reason, we might just feel like that's just too big of an ask. It's just over, doesn't click. So this is the key here is to maybe know that that's your ultimate intention. That's your, that's your map, but you just need to pick a little shorter journey this first time. So maybe, as I said, you could say, may I begin to consider the possibility that at some point I might begin to know some aspect of love. You know, you don't have to get that extreme, but you get the idea. You can titrate your dosage to something that's in the direction that you wish to move in, but is feeling more reachable for you. Um, yeah, sometimes it's hard to accept. Um, Julia, you mentioned that. And I will mention something else that you, if you haven't encountered the Mindful Self-Compassion Program, you probably haven't encountered this. This idea that sometimes when we begin to be kind to ourselves and offer us ourselves just what we need, there, there are times when what we feel is the opposite. We feel actually uncomfortable. Maybe it even brings up some discomfort, some reaction, some unpleasant reaction. Um, without going into a long explanation, this isn't unusual. It happens quite frequently. Uh, and if you think about it, if, if compassion is what you have needed for a very long time and not received it, little by little, you've figured out a way to get by supposedly without it. You've basically, your, your furnace, your wood stove inside your heart has been accumulating the heat of suffering over a lifetime. 
And little by little, it's building up and it's in there. Even if you've tried to make do without that kindness and compassion and just push through. And so what happens sometimes is when we actually turn the corner and start to make a U-turn on our compassion and give ourselves a little kindness, it's almost like we've flung open the door to the furnace and all of that suffering comes rushing out. It's something your, your heart and soul have wanted for so long and so much is built up that when you swing that door open a little bit, it just comes pushing out. We call that backdraft. It's a sign that you're moving in the right direction, but maybe you need to be able to open and close that door. Again, like lower the dose just a little bit. If you found yourself a bit overwhelmed by this, see if you can find that smaller dose that allows you to just touch a little bit of it. Give yourself a little bit of kindness and then close the door and see how that goes. And over time with patience, little by little, you can work through this. But basically the message I wanna share is that if you found yourself getting the opposite of what you expected by being kind to yourself, that's probably what's going on. It's understandable. It's, it happens for many people and it's actually a sign that you're on the right track. You know, when your doctor examines you because you have a pain in your abdomen, and he or she pokes around and then they find that tender spot. That, it's like that, you found that tender spot, which means this is where you need to be. And then the question becomes how to approach it with kindness. Yeah. Um, yeah, just one good word to yourself to me is a shift in one session. Thank you, Helen. Yeah, feelings of inadequacy. Shilpa, you're mentioning this. Yeah, sometimes judgment creeps in when we offer these phrases. And uh, again, it's the same answer, patience. Uh, there may be parts of yourself that feel that you are not deserving of this for whatever reason, ideas in your head that have come from somewhere else, just knowing that that happens. And uh, no one is undeserving of your own kind attention. I think practicing in bed uh, while fine, uh, before you fall asleep is an interesting question that comes up in mindfulness, mindfulness all the time. Uh, the challenge becomes if you start to practice these things in order to sleep, that becomes a bit of a challenge because it won't always work. Uh, if you're practicing just because this is a good time for you to practice, it's like before bed or something like that, it makes a perfect perfect sense. So many good questions and comments. I'm not going to get to all of them for sure. Um, I think finding your own rhythm, <clears throat> offering yourself the words. Um, yes, uh, Costas is a good, there's a good comment here. I found it helpful connecting with the sensations in my body as I was saying the words. You probably, some of you may have found that when you offered yourself the words, they didn't quite land right they didn't fit they didn't feel just right they didn't you know land um so it's good that you actually notice that and maybe adjust to find some that do but it's also worthwhile asking yourself as a mindfulness practitioner how did i know that it didn't fit like you, you just say no that's not it well what was the data you used because it may have been a sensation in your body, maybe a discomfort, you know, uncomfortable feeling in your body. Maybe it was a thought that was provoked. Maybe there was some argument in your mind. Uh, maybe it was an emotion that came up. It's worthwhile uh, just paying attention to all of that. That's how we know. 
Ah, so many good comments. We could spend all night long going through them, but we won't. Um, again, I would point you to the Mindful Self-Compassion program if this has touched something for you. That's the best way I know of. I'm a little biased uh, towards uh, self-compassion as a practice, but uh, this is one of the three core practices of the MSC program. And actually, my, my plan is when I return next week to offer you the third of the uh, three core practices of mindful self-compassion. So stay tuned for that opportunity next week. Thank you all for so many uh, beautiful comments and for your practice. And uh, hope that this has been helpful to all of you. It's good to see some familiar faces flashing by here and there, some uh, names of folks I've encountered along the way. Thank you for having me. Claire, I'll turn it over to you. Thanks so much, Steve. Um, it's, it's so interesting, isn't it? Just as you said, it is some of the hardest work and it really does feel like work because it's self-compassion is so countercultural. Um, but just so beautiful to be, I think some, was it Teresa, thank you for giving us a soft landing. <laughs> it really did feel like a soft landing and, and a beautiful way to be introduced to this work or deepening our understanding of this work. And um, I can probably speak for everybody that we really look forward to next week's session as well. So, um, yeah, please do join us for next week's session to learn more to deepen practice, to deepen our understanding, maybe to listen a little more um, compassionately to those voices telling us all the reasons why we shouldn't be <laughs> self-compassionate. 